Good morning, church. Happy Chinese New Year. I guess you have heard a lot of Chinese already in the service, right? (laughs) Actually, you know, this Chinese New Year is not only separated by China. It's also separated by some East Asian and Southeast Asian nations. For example, Japan, Korea, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore. So it's really important Asian festivals. I hope you can enjoy the Asian foods after the service. You know, right now I'm studying at Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, we have students from different kinds of ethnicity and different backgrounds. Sometimes I joke with my uh, American students, especially where majority is white American students. So I joke with them that you'd better to know more Asian, Asian American friends. You know what? Because one day when you go to the kingdom of God, you will meet a lot of Asian and Asian-American students, uh, disciples, people from Korea, India, China. So you will be more comfortable there when you prepare the year, right? Uh, I'm honored to be invited to preach. Maybe today I will bring more voices and perspective of Asian Christians and Asian-American Christians. However, I believe that God's word is speaking to people from wherever background you come from, which ethnicity you come from. God's word is speaking, has the same power and authority on you, amen? So today I will talk about the topic of identity. My main scripture is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22. Okay, I hope you can find the verse. And my Bible is NISV, so... Forgive me if your version is a bit different from me. So in New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22. I'll read the scripture for you. So then, remember that at one time, you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the uncircumcision. A physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace. In His flesh has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, Both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, 
But you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Amen. Amen. Let us pray before the sermon. Father God, thank you. Thank you for gathering us together to worship you. Father God, we want to thank you because we are created in your image. Thank you for the cultural identity you you give us because these are created by you. This cultural heritage is your blessing and also it's unique. Lord, I also want to pray for the spiritual identity. We are fellow citizens of the kingdom of God and we are members of the household of God. Lord, let us be grateful. Let us cherish because we cannot take, take for granted that we are your children. We are once aliens and strangers. Thank for Jesus Christ. Thank for His blood. Thank for His grace. Then, right now, we can call brothers and sisters in law. We can call children of God. Thank you. Bless the rest of time. Open our hearts so we can listen to your word. Transform our hearts. Transform our lives. Our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Ephesians. The letter of Ephesians is one of Paul's epistles. Paul was writing to the Gentile Christians in Ephesus. This letter actually, according to the scholars, was written at the same time with the letter of Colossians. However, the difference is that Colossians, in Colossians, Paul was dealing with some specific issues. In the churches in Colossia, there was the problem of false teaching. However, in Ephesians, this is a quite general letter, which means that this letter can be circulated among all the churches. He's talking about some general issues. One of the central themes in this letter, which Paul is talking about, is the identity formation. Who are we? Who are we as uh, Gentile Christians? Are there any Jews in this theater? I don't think so, right? You know, uh, two weeks ago, I went to a Jewish temple in Pasadena. It's really an uh, interesting experience for me. I- I'm glad that I was welcomed to the Jewish temple. But I need to wear a white cap when I get in. And I can read the Psalms in Hebrews, and I can just, just experience how the worship of Jews like. But, you know, when I was there, I'm very clear that I am a Gentile. <laughs> you know, in Old Testament, Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, God of Israel, Yahweh, spoke to the Israelites that, You are my firstborn son. You know, every Jew, they are born into God's family. 
This is not only a religious identity, but also a cultural identity. You know, every male Jews, they receive circumcision on the eighth day after they are born. So, if you don't receive it, you know, you are, if you are born into that family, that tribe, we are basically, we are Gentiles. So Paul is talking to the Gentile Christians in Ephesus. Who are we as Gentile Christians? So I believe this letter is also talking to us. Even we are in America, we are 2,000 years later. So who are we as Paul mentioned? You know, if you read, open the first chapter, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, Paul clearly states that He, Father God, destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will. We are adopted children. Sorry. We are not natural born. We are not natural born into God's family. We are adopted children. What's the difference? What's the definition? You know, adoption means that Although you are not born natural to this family, however, you have all the rights and privileges of a natural born child. This identity, Paul mentioned totally five times in his letters. The other four times occurred at Romans chapter 8 verse 15, verse 23, Romans chapter 9 verse 4, and Galatians chapter 4 verse 5. So Paul repeatedly mentioned this identity as adopted children. So when we go to the paragraph we have I've read, verse chapter two, verse eleven to twenty-two, we can see this paragraph can be divided into three parts. The first part is verse eleven to thirteen. The second part is from verse fourteen to verse eighteen, and the last part is from verse nineteen to verse twenty-two. So let's go to the first part, chapter 2, verse 11 to verse 13. Paul mentioned that we have a very dramatic change in identity when we become a Christian. As I mentioned, Israel is God's firstborn son. We are Gentiles. So we do not automatically share all the divine blessings of Israel in the Old Testament. I don't know what's your feeling when you are reading Old Testament. You know, sometimes people are thinking, okay, this book is not for me. They're talking about the history and teaching of an ancient tribe in very ancient times. What's the connection? What's the relationship with the Old Testament and me? I want to tell you that it is true if we have no New Testament. Paul, as a Jew, listed that there are five disadvantages for us Gentiles comparing to the Israelites. The first thing is without Christ. We don't have Christ at that time. Second one, you are aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. The third disadvantage is we are strangers to the covenants of promise. 
We have read the important covenants in the Old Testament. The covenants, the blessing before Yahweh and Abraham. The covenants between God and Moses. The covenants between God and David. But you know, we have no part in it. It's not speaking to us. The fourth disadvantage is we have no hope. And last one, without God. We have no relationship with this true God. Yahweh, God of Israel. So, in sum, in a short conclusion that we are far off from the chosen people of God. We are far off from the covenants, from the kingdom of God. In the eyes of Jews, we are aliens and strangers. This is the situation, this is the identity before we become a Christian. I'm glad that Paul didn't stop there. <laughs> if he stopped there, it really will be desperate and hopeless. You know, every time when we share good news, first we need to tell them bad news. Otherwise, good news has no value and nobody will think about it. That's the reason why we will share about the conviction of sins before we proclaim that Jesus Christ brings the good news. So let's go on further to the second part of the paragraph is verse 14 to 18. If you read carefully, you can clearly see that there is some kind of change. Paul changes from the second person to the first person. In the first part, Paul is also speaking about you, you, you. Obviously, Paul is addressing to the Gentile Christians. But from verse 14, Paul changes to we. Huawei, Paul is addressing to both the Gentiles and the Jewish Christians. The, the two groups, people in the church of Ephesus at that time. But, you know, if you read a lot of Acts and uh, New Testament, you can have a good guess that maybe they don't have very, very harmonious and good relationship even in the church. Paul mentioned that, you know, you have dividing walls between Gentiles and Jews. You have the hostility, separation. But the good news is that Jesus Christ is a peace and reconciliation. He has broken the wall between you. What does it mean? If we can go to other books in the New Testament, we can be easy, more easily to understand what Paul means. If you remember in Matthew chapter 27, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, what happened? The sky became dark. And the curtain of the temple in Jerusalem was torn in peace from, bottom, from top to bottom. In Hebrews chapter 10, the author further clarified what does it mean. It means that we can enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus. Jesus made us possible to access to God, to approach God. 
You know, we are not saved individually. We are at the same time added to a new humanity, which is church established, started from Acts chapter 2. So the two groups in the church, the Gentiles, the Jewish Christians, they are no longer the two separate groups with a war between them, but they become one. Have one spirit, worship the one Father God, and they are in the one humanity, which is church. Amen? Amen. Paul continues his address. The third part from verse 19 to 22. And Paul restates that the Gentiles are no longer homeless or second class citizens in the kingdom of God. They are brought near from far off. They change from strangers and aliens to fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Amen. They have the same, they share the same spiritual blessings with the Jews. They are in the covenant now. What a blessing. Should we thank Jesus Christ for the amazing grace? Amen? Amen. You know, when I read the scripture, I feel so honored. I'm so grateful. How to apply this scripture to our context? You know, Israel, Jews, a minority, you know. We, are, we don't always label ourselves as Gentiles. <laughs> so how to apply this scripture to our context? You know, my observation, we have outsiders and insiders in every society, community, and organization. Do you agree? Who are the outsiders? People who are excluded because of their ethnicity, gender, age, social economic status, deficiency, etc. People who are feeling marginalized, vulnerable, having no power. These are the outsiders. You know what? Many people ask me, or will talk about, what is gospel? Gospel is not just make you more happy. <laughs> Let you be more richer. You're, you are healthy. You can live a long age. That is not a gospel. Please be clear, careful. What kind of gospel do you believe? What kind of gospel are you sharing? Let me tell you from the scripture, what is gospel? Gospel is good news for the outsiders. If we can read the scripture, the Bible from this perspective, let's go back to the four gospels, to the New Testament, go back to Jesus Christ's life, you can see, Jesus invited and welcomed all the outsiders into the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't spend most of time with the Pharisees, with the religious leaders, with the elite. Jesus spent most of the time talking with the women, children, tax collectors, sinners, Samaritans. Do you know Samaritans? If you know the history, 
There was a huge hostility between Jews and Samaritans at that time. But if you read John chapter 4, you can see what Jesus did there. People who are excluded from the community because of their disease and evil spirit. Jesus shared the good news to these people. Come on, my kingdom is for you. You're welcomed to my kingdom of God. I'm wondering, do you have such experience as an outsider? Are you an immigrant to this nation? Have you ever moved to a new city? Have you ever joined a new school? A new company? Joined a new sports team? A new organization? Or even, are you new to this church? You know, in our life, you will see, we can feel the dividing wall and separation. How frustrated, anxious, and fearful we may feel. However, if we are welcomed, accepted as who we are, how grateful, encouraging, and pleasing we may feel. America is an immigrant nation. Each ethnic group comes here for different reasons. Some come here to seek liberty or find refuge. Some by enslavement. Asians are motivated to this nation by economic motive and opportunities. You know, in, 19, in the 19th century, the first Chinese immigrants came to work for the gold mining industry in California. Later, other Asian groups such as the Japanese, Korean, Filipino people, they came to Hawaii as sugar farm worker recruits. Most of them worked very hard. You know, working and living in a foreign nation as a stranger is so difficult. They need to induce hardship, racial and ethnic injustice, be treated unfairly. However, if you look at the statistics, although Asian American constitutes only 4% of the country's population, so we can say Asia is minority among minority. But they are the fastest growing ethnic group in America. Asian American compromises one-third of all new arrivals since the 1970s. They are new to this nation and they are new to the churches in America. How are churches doing to welcome these newcomers, these outsiders? You know, sometimes church will think it's so hard because they speak different languages. They come from so distinctive cultural background from us and many from non-Christian backgrounds but we need to think about what's the role of the church you know in Acts the early church are mainly comprised of Jewish but they are partnering with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 13 verse 47 the Lord's commandment which is also the church's mission is to share the gospel to the end of the earth. 
It is not geographical terms, but the social worlds. The Lord's command is ask us to share the gospel across all boundaries, include all people from different ethnicity and culture. So it's not by our efforts, but by Jesus' grace and His sacrificial death can break the walls. The gospel can help them to find their identity in Christ. They are also, as us, adopted as children of God. They can find their belongings. They are welcome to be part of the family of God. They can become siblings of other American Christians. Amen? Let me show a story. I heard a story, a mom's story. She immigrated to America from China 15 years ago. She cannot speak English. So she can only work in Chinese restaurants. I guess we are not unfamiliar. You know, most of the first generation immigrants, Chinese to America, they work in laundry, they work in Chinese restaurants. Because they cannot speak English. So they earn very little, they work long times. She has to do three jobs at the same time in order to support her family. She has a son about eight years old. But she can only lock her son at home alone. She knew it's illegal in America. But she had no choice. They have to survive. She cannot survive the family if she don't lock her son and work three hours, maybe 20 hours a day. Can you imagine how desperate, how challenging, harsh when she comes to America as a stranger, an alien in this nation? God has mercy, amen. One of her neighbors invited her to the church. Although she sits in the church, she cannot understand what they are talking about. <laughs> However, she felt peace in heart. She felt the hospitality by the brothers and sisters in the church. So she decided to stay. She has learned English. Now she's working in a dentist clinic. And her son has already graduated from college. These are the people who need gospel. The gospel and the church help her to overcome all the difficulties as a new immigrant. Brothers and sisters, what's your immigration story? Hey, teenagers, ask your parents. What's your family immigration stories? How we change from outsider to part of this nation, part of this church, part of the member of the family, of church. So gospel is the good news for these outsiders. Amen? You know, uh, I'm studying for a theological seminary. You know, sometimes many people are curious and they are asking me, okay, actually, what, what, what I study? 
Uh, I'll show, okay, uh, I'm in a master program. Uh, my degree is Master of Divinity. What? <laughs> divinity, what's that? Okay, you know, uh, let me explain. Uh, you know, uh, God is divine, okay? So I'm studying God. Anything related to God, everything is divine. I'm studying. But you know, they are still confusing. A lot. Too complicated. So right now, I change. So if you ask me, oh, what are you do- doing? What are you studying? I'll say, okay, I'm studying kids. Okay? More easy to understand, right? Yeah, that's what I'm studying. I'm studying kids. My emphasis is family culture. I want to know kids more. I want to know how to make friends with kids. I want to know how to share gospel with kids. Let me show you something in my study. Brad Christensen, in his book, Growing Up in America, he is interested in the topic, how race and ethnicity affect the socialization of American teenagers. Let me show one of his research results. Comparing to their white, African-American, and Latino peers, Asian-American teenagers, on average, have the highest level of discipline and expectation for behaviors, but not necessarily the highest level of supervision or contact with their family. They have the least open communications with their parents. Asian American parents were more likely than parents from other racial groups to express that they had difficulty talking to and understanding their teenagers. Wow! Big task for Asian American parents. You know, my youngest daughter was born in America. She's three months old, so she's another Asian American, so I'm her parents. This is a huge task facing me. You know, my wish and my goal is to educate and help the parents, I hope especially Asian American parents, how to understand the world of the young generation. You know, this is a totally alien world. I want to help these adults to be their advocates and engage with them effectively. You know, yesterday I was invited to Maranatha High School. I, I gave a presentation to uh, 60 to 70 host families because they, are, they have around 60 to 70 Chinese students studying in their school. So the American families, they are hosting these Chinese students, but they have a huge different cultural differences. So they need to know how to understand and interact with these Chinese students. So I'm glad to share the perspective from Chinese culture to help them to engage with them. You know, all adolescents, not just Asian American teenagers, which I de- define teenagers is between 13 to 22. <laughs> You know, the life task of these adolescents is individuation. They ask three questions. One is going, uh, about identity. Who am I? You know, a child 
all the kids' kingdom, they don't ask such questions. Because their identity is in their family system. But not now. They need to ask, who am I? The second question is autonomy. Do I matter? Can I bring something new and unique to the table? The third question is belonging. Where do I fit in? Who matters? Who cares? You know, sometimes adolescents land their identity in the wrong places. But I believe this is a process. Even us, we have all go through it. For example, they will think or they will see themselves, I am what I do. I am what I'm good at. I am what the other people say about me. Oh, I'm an athlete. I'm a musician. I'm good at math. I'm good at sports. Oh, I'm popular. In my, in my school, I'm popular. In my friend's group. You know the problem is that when they are doing well in academics, sports, when they are popular among friends, when they meet the expectations, they are confident. They have high esteem. However, if they fail in academics, if they fail in sports, if they are criticized or misunderstood by others, if they fail the expectation, they are low. They have low esteem. You know, today I, I want to bring more about Asian perspective. You know, identity formation is especially difficult for Asian American teenagers. On the one hand, you know, as they grow up, they are intimately influenced by their immigrant families. So, you know, many Asian American teenagers, they speak different languages in their home. You know, this is a blessing. They are bicultural, bilingual. On the other hand, you know, Asian are neither white nor black. As America, society has long been divided by an imperishable black and white. Asians just in between. <laughs> so sometimes they just be called people of color. <laughs> they are facing unique identity choices. You know that identity is very flexible and also ambiguous. They need adults. They need parents. You know, my professor, Chap Clark, shared in his book, Her 2.0, I quote it, What is interesting is that many adults will highlight these and other activities as proof of their commitment to the young. For example, I drive my kids to all these activities. I sacrificed my own life, <laughs> my work, my vacation, my enjoyment, in order to take my kids to soccer games, to concerts, to competitions. You know what's the problem? The problem is that parents may be over-involved in how well their children perform but inadequately involved in the right things help to develop the well-being of the adolescents. 
parents and adults need to help the adolescents to understand that their identity is not their performance, their achievement, and their reputation. Our true identity roots in the creation, redemption, and calling of God. We are created by God in His image. We are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, not by our merit and good work. We are called to be His adoptive children. We are members of God's family. I want to share another Asian American example to end my sermon. Uh, there is a Chinese American whose name is Jin Lun Yan. He was invited to my seminary last year and he gave a speech and he shared his story. Grew up in America. His parents immigrated to America from Taiwan and he was born in California. He attended UCA Berkeley for his undergraduate program. He wanted to major in arts. But remember, he has Asian parents. <laughs> I know it's challenging as Asian American teenager, sorry. Their parents want him to go to study computer science. And Jin Lun Yan, as an Asian American teenager, obeyed. So his major is computer science. But he chose his minor study as creative writing. So maybe this is a good suggestion for you. (laughs) Choose one minor major as you like. You know, in his heart, from very young, he likes comic books. How many teenagers like comic books? Okay, good, thank you, yeah. (laughs) He likes comic books. So he has a dream. What if one day I can be a comic writer? I can write my own comic books. But you know, he grew up in an Asian American family. (laughs) Can you live by writing comics? Can you make a living by this? Are you serious? <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, he uh, accepted Jesus as Christ during his college year. So after graduation, Yang worked as a computer engineer, as most, many Asian Americans do. However, he felt that there is something in his heart. He has some kind of passion to teach. So he quit his job to teach computer science on a high school. You know the ideology? He's more flexible, he has more time. So he can read more comic books <laughs> and start to create his own comic books. In 1996, Yan began self-publishing his first own comics. In 2006, he, uh, he released one series of comics books called American Born Chinese. He shared his confusion and struggles as a Asian, as a Chinese and American Born Chinese. He struggles in his identity formation and he put all his experience in the comics books. In 2016, July, uh, 2016, he was named to the 2016 class of the MacArthur Fellows Program. But the much cool things like this. 
How many of you have watched the, uh, read the comic book called Superman? Raise your hand. Thank you. <laughs> have you read the news, the Superman? In 2016 July, DC Comics released the first issue of the new Superman, featuring a Chinese character in the Superman mode, written by Yan. You need to buy and read it. You know, he shared his passion mission. He wanted to share his experience to help all these Asian American teenagers, to advocate them in their growth, during their struggle, to find their identity. He find his passion. He find his dream. So I really want to encourage these teenagers. I know it's hard, especially Asian American teenagers. <laughs> but I tell you, your parents love you. The reason they have high expectation of education is because they have endured the hardship you can never imagine. They don't want you to go through it again. But I also want to tell you that you have Father God who loves you more. He accepts you as who you are. Because you are created by Him. And He has a purpose for you. Seek your dream. Find your calling. Glorify Him. Amen. Praise God.